If you have your Bibles, look with me, please, in the book of 1 John. 1 John, as you know, we've been studying now on, on wisdom, and the Holy Spirit has just taken over in a new way. And last week I started out, and I just want to remind you, in John chapter 10, it says that we, the sheep of His pasture, know His voice. And the voice of a stranger we, won't, we will not follow. And, and, and when you write this down, we're going to get to this word know in a little while. We're going to get to this word again. That word, my sheep know my voice, is the word of being bonded. My sheep are bonded to me in such a way. They have such an intimacy working of my spirit. It means the word know me means we are in Christ and Christ is in us. That is the most sure thing we can have at this time is the inward working of the Spirit. The inward witness of the Spirit of God. To know that God is speaking to us. To know, wait a minute, this doesn't match what I'm feeling in my spirit. This doesn't match what the Word of God says in such and such a scripture. This doesn't match about what God has promised. And so, uh, thank God that my sheep know my voice. And I want you to see in 1 John chapter 4, and if you're taking notes as we continue on this tonight, you know, discipleship is about a sensitivity. John was so sensitive, he laid his head upon the breast of Christ, the heart of Christ, because he wanted to hear what Christ had to say. There's a pressing in in the area of discipleship that we're going to see tonight. There is a knowing in our knowing that, that I'm hearing something I must hear. I'm hearing something that is going to change my life for the rest of my life. I know something because I am a disciple and he called his disciples to go and, and, and get other disciples. That, that There is something, there's a sensitivity in me. There is something going on that is not going to only affect me. It's going to affect people that I touch and I come in contact with. And so that's why in this time where you're going to hear people saying Christ is over here and people are going to be running over there and Christ is over here and there's a revival over here and a revival over there and come see this, come see that. There is going to be a knowing, which means there is such an intimacy and a bond with Christ that, that I, know my, I, I, know my, I know my pastor, I know my shepherd's voice. I know the good shepherd, the good pastor of the fold, Christ. I know his voice. I know his leading. And here in 1 John chapter 4, verse 1, it says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this, you know, you know, shout out, no, no, the spirit of God, my sheep, know my voice, say that with me, my sheep, know my voice. By this you will know the Spirit of God. There is something on the inside of your spirit that God is wanting to cause a sensitivity and an inner ear to hear the voice of God because there's going to be false voices. There's going to be wrong doctrines. There's going to be error. And the thing about it is we've got to make sure that we are heeding and we're listening. Even people with good intentions sometimes, all of us, we might could get off here and there. That's why we've got to hear the voice of the shepherd. That's why we've got to know the leading of the Holy Spirit. And that word no means to be, there's a bond. If, if you want any type of bond, you want to be bound with Jesus. Amen. I want to be bound with Jesus. And it says the word here, do not believe. And if you're taking notes, write this down. Because this is some things that I want you to see as we get into this tonight. Do not believe. And that word believe there means do not have a mental persuasion. Do not have mental persuasion or have an opinion. That's what that word believe. Do not have a mental persuasion or opinion. Do not be mentally persuaded to believe something without first testing it and trying it of God. Do not even give credit to something that may not be of God. So we're seeing here the importance of, of being able to hear the voice of the Lord. Look at me in Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15. Ephesians 5, verse 15 says, See then, and isn't this something that this right here is under the heading, walk in wisdom. What have we been studying since the first of the year? Wisdom. And the Spirit of God has brought us into the New Testament. Watch how we walk through this tonight. Have ears to hear tonight. See then that you walk circumspectly. Not as fools, but as wise. Verse 16. Redeeming the time. 
because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And then it goes on about not being drunk in the spirit, but uh, singing and make, uh, speaking. Verse 19 says, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in fear. It talks about not being drunk with wine, but being filled with the Holy Spirit. Uh, if you're taking notes, uh, just take these notes. It says, redeeming the time. And many people, how can I redeem the time? Redeeming the time is someone who seeks to walk in wisdom and understanding. If we're going to redeem the time, how can I redeem the time? How can I buy back the time that I have lost? How can I make my life start becoming uh, more credited and, and more fulfilled? And what can I do to make my life be more fulfilling? Redeeming the time has to do with understanding God's will. And that's walking in the Spirit. Walking in the Spirit of God. Uh, about And how the Spirit will fill you. And as I allow the Spirit to fill me, then I will begin, listen, as I allow the Spirit to fill me, I will begin to speak to myself as well as, uh, as, well as others, hymns and songs. And spiritual songs. But you see, it talks about beef being filled. Being filled. It's important, listen, it's not about being a member of a church. It's about being part of the body of Christ. And it's about being filled with the Spirit of God. About being so filled with the Spirit of God that when you're around somebody, it's just so easily to, the, the, knowing the will of God and being filled with the Word of God and being filled with the Spirit of God, it's just so easy to start speaking about the love of God. It's so easy to be motivated about the eternal things. It's so easy to be motivated about missions. It's so easy to be motivated about helping the poor and the needy. It's easy to be about motivated and excited about the things of God. Why? Because as I continue to redeem the time and I, I have desire to walk in the Spirit of God, grow in the area of wisdom, knowledge, and understanding, then there's something that is stirring up on the inside of me and then I, I'm going around speaking to myself the Word of God. I'm going around speaking in tongues. I'm going around speaking in my understanding in English. I'm going around speaking the promises of God. I'm going around speaking things that edify God and edify others. I'm going around singing and praising God. Lord, I worship You and I praise You and I thank You, Lord, for what You're doing in my life. And there's just a stirring and a feeling. And God is wanting His disciples to be so in tune with the Spirit of God to where we are being filled with the things of God. Can I hear an amen? amen. Now, I want you to look with me in Revelations chapter 1, because we've been studying on Revelation starting Sunday night, so uh, this I just felt went around with along with what I believe God is saying tonight. And I'm, I hope you're taking notes. If not, you can get off the Internet or get the CD because we're going to get in some things that I feel are of utmost importance. Because knowing that the days are evil. How many know the days are evil? So what does it say to do? Redeem the time. Learn to walk in the Spirit. Learn to have the mind of Christ. Learn how to fulfill the will of God in our lives. And I want you to see here, Revelations chapter 1, verse 10. I was in the Spirit. I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. And I heard behind me a loud voice as of a trumpet. Now, let me know it was Jesus speaking to him. But he was in the Spirit. Redeeming the time is living in the Spirit and not in the flesh. And what we've been studying the area of wisdom, Proverbs chapter 2, verses 1 through 8 says, My son, listen to wisdom. Heed instruction. Walk in the fear of the Lord, and all these things will happen to you. Proverbs chapter 3, we've studied it for months. Heed wisdom and instruction. Get a hold of sound wisdom and knowledge. All of that comes under the heading, Redeeming the Time. And so the hour that we live in and the time we live in, how do we prepare? Is it buying gold? Well, if you want to do that, you can buy gold. Is it buying this? Is it doing that? How do we redeem the time? One of the most important things we as the body of Christ need to do is we need to learn to be in the Spirit so we can hear the voice of God. Redeeming the time is knowing the will of God and how to move and operate in the things of God. What was given to John at this moment when he was in the Spirit, you need to write this down, when we're in the Spirit, the things that we hear in that moment will affect our lives and the lives of those that we come in contact with. 
What we hear in the Spirit as parents, what we hear in the Spirit of, as, as in ministries, or as brothers and sisters in Christ, what we hear in the Spirit during the worship, in prayer time, in the Word time, what we hear in the Spirit can affect our life and the life of others to come as it did with John. Because it's in the Spirit, in the place of the Spirit that we get revelation from God. Things we need to learn, things that we need to get from the Spirit. Listen, there are things in the Spirit realm waiting for you. You just need to go in there and get it. There are things before the throne of God just for you. There are answers and there is directions. There are decisions. There's determinations. There are things in the presence of God just waiting for us. All we have to do is, I'm going to share with you as we get towards the end of this, the, the thing to, to get revelation, walk in this, we've got to learn to press in. We've got to press in. And, and that's why I'm so proud of you tonight. I know the Spirit of God is pleased with you tonight because it was storming out there. It looked bad. The, the, the road was bad. You could have turned around and went home. But what? You were determined to get here. And the Holy Spirit takes note of that. The Holy Spirit takes note because Jesus gave us the, uh, the story of the steward. He that was faithful and little. He that received two things and he was faithful. You were faithful to find another route to get here. It took me 25 minutes to get to church uh, tonight. But, but, but I have to be here. You don't have to be here. You don't have to be here, but you're here. You know what that says? You want to learn the things of the Spirit. You're, you're not here tonight because you're trying to make points with God. You're here tonight because there's something you want to press into. There was a call from the Holy Spirit pulling you here tonight because He wants to speak some things into your lives. Amen. So how do we get into that place where John was when the Spirit of God gave him something? The voice of Jesus spoke to him that changed his life. Listen. John, uh, John was, they tried to kill John a number of different ways. And before he was put on the Isle of Patmos, they put him in a pot of boiling oil. And I know most of y'all know that. They tried boiling him to death and he wouldn't cook. Some of you have been in a fiery furnace. Some of you have been in a situation where you just haven't been cooked or burnt. And you're still here today because there are still revelations, still, still revelations. Can I hear an amen? There is still wisdom. There is still knowledge. You are here today. You are still alive because there are some things in the very heart of God that are mysteries to you now, but will be revealed when we learn to get in the Spirit and receive the things of the Spirit. So, so thank God you might have had tubes up you, in your arm, up your nose. You might have been in the hospital. You might have been in the middle ward. You might have been on the street. You might have been in a lot of different places, but you're still alive today because just like John, he's going to touch you and you're going to touch others because this end time harvest is going to have something to do with everyone walking underneath an open heaven and in the unction and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So when do I know I'm in the Spirit? Watch this. Sparks are going to fly from my palms. No. Oh. Gold is falling from sky. No. Ooh, goosebumps are on my goosebumps. How am I going to know when I'm in the presence of God? Well, this is one of the best ways any man of God has ever said, and this is the way Brother Hagin used to say it. You know you're in the presence of God when you don't see or feel anything else but how God, how real God is. I know I'm in the presence of God. I know I'm in the presence of the Father. And John was visited by the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Now, your God may be one, but I got three gods. And, and Jesus, John was visited by the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And all three of them have each a distinctive voice. It's also when you hear the voice of the Father. And it's also when you hear the voice of the Shepherd. And it is so cool when you hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. They want to minister and they want to speak and they want to input and they want to impart. But you got to get in the spirit where everything else, I don't notice anything about God's person, God's word, and what's in God's word. That's when we're in heavenly places, right? Christ Jesus. Look with me in Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8, verse 5. Romans chapter 8, verse 5. This is very important. This is, this is like food to you and I tonight. Every word of God is as food. 
So, so, so pay attention. Just don't swallow it. Meditate. Chew it. And receive it. And listen to what the Word of God says here in Romans 8.15. For those who live according to the flesh, set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. I love the New Living that says, those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things. How do I know if I'm walking in the Spirit? Well, do you think about godly things or do you find yourself thinking about sinful things? But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about what pleases the Spirit. The message translation says, those who think they can do it on their own end up in obsessed and measuring their own moral muscle by never getting around to exercising it in real life. Listen to this. Those who trust God's action in them find that God's Spirit is in them, the living, breathing God. The living, breathing God is inside of you. The Alpha and the Omega that appeared to John, whose voice was as a trumpet, is the same one who is inside of you every moment that you breathe. Now, the King James Bible says, so, it says, for to be carnally minded is death, but spiritually minded is life and peace. Life and peace. Why don't I have, why don't I feel like I'm living? Why don't I, why am I not experiencing peace? We're either in the spirit and mindful of the things of the spirit, we're in the flesh. Now, it goes on to say, because the carnal mind is enemy or enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor can indeed be. So then, those who are in the flesh cannot please God. But you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you, now if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he is not of his. And if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin. Now, here we go to the second part. The the mind... The heart and the body. Here's the third part. The body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Now, the living Bible says, uh, I love this. It says, so letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. Letting your sinful nature control your mind. Control my mind leads to death. Unfulfillment. No life. But letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. How many wants life and peace? Guess who needs to be in control? Verse 7. For the sinful nature is always hostile against God. It never did obey God's laws and it never will. It never will. Maybe I can serve God even though I have these thoughts. It never will. Verse 8. That's why those who are still under the control of their sinful nature can never please God. But you're not controlled by your sinful nature. You are controlled by the Spirit if you have the Spirit of God living in you. Then verse 12 says, Therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature... You have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. Can I hear an amen in the house? You have no obligation. You are not under the control. You are not to be influenced by. It is not the influencer of your life to be controlled by the lower sinful nature. You have been received. You have received the spirit of Christ, which is life. And it goes, you are not obligated to what your sinful nature urges you to do. For if you live by its dictates, you will die. But if through the power of the spirit you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. Verse 16 says, For His Spirit joins with our spirits. His Spirit becomes one with our spirit. We are married. We are married to affirm that we are God's children. Now listen, the message says, Obsession with self in these matters is a dead end. Attention to God leads us out into the open, into a spacious free life. Focusing Remember that word. Focusing on self is the opposite of focusing on God. Focusing on anything else when we're supposed to be focusing on God. Worship is the word to focus. And we're focusing on anything else but God, especially in a time of worship. For example, if right now, if you're wondering who's going to Wendy's after church, you are in the flesh. 
If you are saying, I hope he gets through in time because I want to go home and I want to watch a certain program, right now we are in the presence of God. And if your focus is on anything but God, you are in the flesh, you are not in the spirit. When you spend time reading the word of God and your mind's going somewhere else and you're not focused on what you're reading, you're not in the spirit as John was, so therefore you will not get a revelation that will change your life for the rest of your life. Amen. If, if we lose our focus, if we're thinking about, you know, people uh, look like a woodpecker in here sometimes. They're sitting down, especially in the back. You people in the back need to learn to sit up front because people in the back are distracted. And this is people in the back. And you know what? Why did I lose my job? Why is all these things happening to me? Well, if you really want to know, I've seen where your focus was. You're looking around when you should be looking at the Word. This is discipleship night, so I can be honest, right? Huh? Amen. You paid a price to get here, so you're going to get it. And you can say, you're going overboard. No, no, no. I'm telling you what the Word of God says. If you are focused on self, if you are focused on TV, if you are focused on who's going to Wendy's or McDonald's, if you're focused on, I wonder if it's raining or it's not, if your mind is anywhere but focused on God, you're in the flesh and you wonder why you leave church and you don't feel any different than the way you came. You wonder why when you get you wonder why when you get in a problem and things aren't working, you go, Well, I've been to church. I don't know why church most people quit after six months and you wonder why am I quitting after six well, you know, you wonder why are they quitting the church? Why are they leaving the church? Well, I'm just not being fed in that church. No. You come to church and you're focused on everything that you can be focused on except the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, and the first and the last. Redeeming the time. You better stay focused on God if you want to redeem the time. Redeeming the time is taking a hold of wisdom and knowledge and understanding. Receiving in your heart and applying it to life. Do you know how many people gave their lives for this word to be written? Do you know this word is, is breathing? Do you know the spirit of God, the, the same spirit of God is breathing and living on the inside of you and I? And we come to church to focus on who's got a new pair of shoes. Or what their hairdo looks like. Or, or this and that or the other. Or we decide, you know what, I'm just not going to church tonight. When the Bible, the Bible speaks about, I've given you a gift, fivefold ministry. To minister the truth, to build you up, to equip you. And then we wonder, why is my life falling apart? Why don't I know what to do? What's your focus on? I'm focused on I'm tired. Jesus says, I was tired, but I was so focused on you, I went all the way to the cross. I better stop meddling. He goes on to say, Focusing on self is the opposite of focusing on God. There it is. Anyone completely absorbed in self ignores God. This is the message translation. Anyone completely absorbed in self ignores God. Ends up thinking more about self than God. Ends up thinking more about self than God. That person ignores who God is and what he is doing. And God isn't pleased about being ignored. Being obsessed with self. Well, you know this, you know that. We're going to all these things. Being obsessed with self, that, you know, did you hear what he says? You don't know what God's doing, you don't know what God wants, and you don't know who God is. Why don't God heal me? Because you're not focused on the Word. You're so focused on something else when the Word's been coming forth. You have ears to hear, but you're not hearing. Amen? Amen? Amen. Well, I thought church was a place we're just supposed to come. But if God himself has taken up residence in your life, who can hardly be thinking more of yourself than of him? <laughs> We're going to see this as one of the points of getting in the spirit. Desire. Desire. If you know God has taken up residence, God, God lives in me. Just meditate on that. You say, I don't know what to meditate on. Just meditate on what the God of before Genesis 1 to the God for everlasting to everlasting has taken up residence and He lives in me. He's not moving away. He's not leaving me. He's not forsaking me. 
Oh, hallelujah. Wherever I go, whatever I'm against, when man speaks something negative, the God, Alpha and Omega, is taking up residence on the inside of me. Hallelujah. The Prince of Peace, the Comforter, the Goal, the Instructor, my Guide. All that God is through the Holy Spirit taking up residence on the inside of me is far greater than anything that I could come up against at any time I need Him. He's right there. He's right there. All I have to speak is the name of Jesus. Satan, it is written. And I, and I have to put my focus on God, yeah. But God says, and His Word says, and the reality of God who is. But don't you hear what's going on? Yeah, I hear what's going on. But the reality is my God is greater than any of the realities and power of man. My God is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And when you walk into that hospital room and there's someone in there with the tubes of their nose and their arms and all the bad reports are around, that may be what man's state condition is. But I know that the God who's taken up residency in me says if you will lay hands on the sick, the I am that's on the inside of you is going to transfer into that sick body and they will recover! They will recover! The God! Well, why is that happening to me? You're ignoring somebody of very much importance. I'm ignoring something that, 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 that I need tomorrow. I'm preaching tonight. It says, but if God has taken up residence in your life, and you can hardly be thinking more of yourself than of Him, anyone, of course, anyone, here we go, let's be at peace, who is not welcomed as invisible but clearly present God. He's invisible, but He's present. But for you who welcome Him in whom He dwells, even though you still experience limitations of sin, oh, hallelujah, I still experience the limitations of sin, and God says, the blood covers that. Your sin is not making me move. Ignoring me, I'll get you nowhere. But your sin would not move me out. Even though you have limitations because of sin, you yourself experience life on God's terms. It stands to reason, doesn't it, that if the alive and present God, the alive and present God, who raised Jesus from the dead, moves into your life, He'll do the same thing in you that He did in Jesus by bringing you alive to Himself. When God lives and breathes in you, as He did in Jesus, from the dead life with the Spirit living in you, your body will be alive as Christ. So don't you see that you don't owe this old do-it-yourself life one red cent? There's nothing in it for us. Nothing at all. The best thing is to do is give it a decent burial and get on with your new life. Listen now. God's Spirit beckons. There, there's things to do. And places to go. That's what it says there. God's Spirit's beckoning. That all living present God on the inside of you is saying, there's things to do and places to go. Well, I, I think the days of going's over. Oh, it's not over until you're not here anymore. The Spirit alive on the inside of you always has something new and fresh to say, something new and fresh to do. There's a fresh anointing for tonight. There's a fresh anointing for tomorrow. There's, a, there's an anointing for tomorrow. To, in Him you live, you move, and you have your being. Whatever comes against you, there's a fresh anointing that calls the yokes to shake and be destroyed and the burdens to be lifted. Oh, there's a fresh, there, there's things to do, places to go and things to do, places to go and things to do, places to go and things to do. There's a Lazarus in the tomb. There's a man who's been laying down for 38 years. There's a blind man crying out that something happens in his life. There is somebody calling out for a disciple who knows how to walk and live in the spirit of the most high God. And don't you blame it on limitations of sin. He says we all still alive in this body have some limitations of some sin. But I'm focusing not on the sin. I'm not focusing on who I was. I'm not focusing on what I did. I'm focusing that the God who raised Christ from the dead is the God living on the inside of me. So it's not about me. I'm not focusing on me. I'm focusing on God. 
Yeah, you ought to get excited. Woo! So to live in the Spirit, what am I allowing myself to think about? What am I allowing myself to think about? That shows whether I'm in the Spirit or not. I gotta start thinking about God. Gotta start thinking about helping people. Gotta start thinking about missions and reaching the world. And I'm hearing people every time. Even tonight, I hear more and more people saying, when are we going on a mission trip? When are we going on a mission trip? Well, I hope to see some people get together and go on a mission trip. Because right now, God wants me here. This is a time for me to be here. But I'm excited about you getting excited about going. We'll pray for you and you go. I'll teach you what to do when you get there, but you go. I've been there 18 years. I'm here now. I'm here to send you. But helping people. Motivation. I told you what I motivate you towards the end time. Jesus is coming. And I want to be motivated to live a holy life because a holy life will cause His coming to be accelerated. Amen. Let's look at some other things. We had that song, Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus. Look into His marvelous face. And, and the things of this earth will grow strangely dim. But listen, in the light of His glory. His glory. I want to see His glory. Well, then you've got to start focus, stop focusing on the things of this world and start focusing on the things of God. And the things of God will have more glory and more light to it. And the light of His glory and grace. His glory. And grace. I want to see the glory of God. Well, you got to see what you what, what are you spending most of your time focusing on? What am I focusing on? People are focusing on the watch. People are focusing on what, what's on TV at 8.30 or 9 o'clock and I'm not going to make it there in time. I wonder if the road's clear. I wonder what happened. I wonder why so-and-so is not here tonight. Or, or, or focusing. No. We can be focused about why are they moving? Why are they getting up? Why? Uh, there's so much to focus on and God is saying... Oh, no, no, no. Clear your mind. And focus on me. Amen? Amen. John was changed forever because of the revelation, the vision that he saw. It takes one dream. It takes one time before God. And we don't even have to be at our best for God to come down and visit us. I've told this story before. I'll tell it again. When I was 17 years old, living with a national in Honduras for three months. God had called me and opened the door. And I preached that night on, on faith. Lazarus. Raising Lazarus. And when I got through, the pastor and people started laughing. And I sat down next to Sister Marta, uh, Brother Don's wife. And she touched me and in broken English. She said, 13 minutes. All you preach, Brother Russell, 13 minutes. And people were laughing and everything. And Brother Don looked at me and said, is that all you got? And I ran out of the hut. We were right on the mountains next to El Salvador. And I ran out the hut and I hit his white Toyota pickup. And I said, I'll never preach again. How I many know that it doesn't seem the typical place for God to come and visit you? I quit. I'm not called to preach. I'm going back home. And all of a sudden I had a revelation. And I heard thousands of voices just holler. No! And I saw the, I saw the fires of hell. And I saw God sitting on his throne. And he stuck his hand in a vase. And when he raised it up, there was blood. And it was pouring from his hands. And he says, the souls, the, the voices you heard from hell are the voices to be saved through your ministry. And if you quit preaching, their blood will I require at your hands. And I fell on my knees. I remember the grass was wet that night. I fell on my knees. And I said, God, whether I preach bad or I preach good, I'll never quit preaching for you. Hallelujah. And that was in 1980, 1981. I wasn't in a spiritual condition for God to give me a revelation and a dream. I was 13 years old when He gave me a dream of the end times that changed my life forever. I wasn't in a spiritual condition. I was sleeping. Or I was depressed. But God still came to me and that revelation took a hold of me and has kept me going. And God is wanting to give a revelation and a, a, a definition of wisdom and instruction to redeem your time so that you know and you walk in what the will of the Lord is. Amen.
If you're interested in, in a CD that's awesome for prayer and devotional time, it's by Sarah McMillan. Sarah McMillan. And she sings some songs that are just awesome for worship. And one of her songs is Open My Eyes. And it just, she just sings in the anointing and she sings, Open my eyes, I want to see you. Open my ears, I want to hear you. Open my heart, I want to feel you. Your great love, Lord, once again, once again. I want to fall in love with you all over again. I want to be more desperate once again. I want to lose my sleep once again. Falling in love with you all over again. And there's a number of songs on here that these words is the focus. What am I focused on? I want to see you once again. I want to hear you once again. I want to be more desperate like before. I want to more, grow more closer than ever before. Conscience of God. Conscience of His presence. Conscience of His presence of His time. To walk in the Spirit that His presence is with me in each challenge. John was ready to receive. He said, I was in the Spirit. In other words, he was in position to receive. I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. Look with me. I'm going to have to finish here. Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3. How many want to be more desperate? Ephesians chapter 3. Yeah. Philippians. Ephesians brother. You know. Philippians. Philippians. Philippians chapter 3. Verse 10. This is the New Living Translation. How do we get to that place of walking in the Spirit? Verse 10. I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised Him from the dead. I want to suffer with Him, sharing in His death. So that one way or another, I will experience the resurrection from the dead. Verse 12. I don't mean to say that I have already achieved these things or have already reached perfection. But listen to what he says three times now. But I press on. I press on to possess that perfection. I press on to possess that perfection. I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. Verse 13, no, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing. Forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. Verse 14, I press on. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Jesus Christ, is calling us. Say, I press on. I press on. Walking in the Spirit is just not going to be a tap-tap and it's done. Walking in the Spirit is not just something you can get out of a conference. Walking in the Spirit is a daily battle. Suffering at times. Oh, I don't want to suffer. But Paul says if it takes suffering to get to know Christ in another way, then just bring on the suffering. If it takes going through hardships to know Christ in another way and experience His power in another way, then bring it on. Whatever it takes. I need people to pray for me. I need people to encourage me. I'm going through a hard time, but I'm pressing on. I'm pressing on to know Him in a new way. I'm in a new battle. I'm in a different fight. But I'm going to press on to get to know Him because I want to know Him in every way that is possible. I want to know Him from the A to the Z, from the Alpha to the Omega, from the beginning to the end. I want to know Him as a restorer. I want to know Him as a healer. I want to know Him as a provider. I don't want to know Him only by what other people say. I want to know Him myself. And so if I have to go through some hard times and, and I'm going through a little bit of suffering in my health, then I'm going to know Him as a healer in a greater way than I knew Him before I went through this. If i got to know Him as a provider and I don't have anything, then I'm just going to have to say, Lord, I don't have anything, but I know you're going to supply my needs according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And I'm going to know you not by somebody else's testimony. I'm going to get to know you. I'm going to press in to get to know you in a ways I've never knew you before. I'm going to press in to get to know you and walk in the Spirit. I'm going to get, I am not going to be just a religious couch potato, but I'm going to be one who is going to be dancing and leaping and praising God. I'm going to be one who's going to be diligent 
I'm going to be on fire. I'm going to be hungry. I'm going to be just, I'm going to make the decision that I am going to press on in and take it as my own. Hallelujah. I'm going to press in. I'm going to press on in out of my own mindset. I'm going to press on in out of my own focuses. I'm going to press on in out of the darkness that's battled my mind and battled my appetites and battled my emotions. How long am I going to stay in this darkness? I ain't stayed in this darkness very long. I'm not staying down in the dumps very long. I'm not going to allow sorrow to keep me down when He said, I'll turn your mourning and your sorrow into dancing. Hallelujah. I'm not going to stay focused. I'm going to press in through that darkness. I'm going to press in through that darkness. You know, I can't, I can't concentrate when I'm reading the Bible. Well, press in, bless God. You know, I can't press into this worship. This just ain't my type of worship. You know, I just can't press into that worship. Honey, I can worship in bluegrass, jazz, rap. I can press into anything. Because if there's words that talk about Jesus and the blood and the power of the cross and the resurrected, I don't care how rock, how rap, how bluegrass, how southern gospel, how quartet, I don't care what it is. If it's about my Jesus, count me in! Count me in. Well, I just can't press into that. Well, bless God. Then there's other places where you don't have to press in. You can go be comfortable. Keep focusing on yourself. This is my church. They sing the hymns. So I'm comfortable. Stay focused on yourself. They preach for 20 minutes. I'm comfortable with this church. Stay focused on yourself. We're in 10, we sing 10 minutes out for 15, 30 minute church service. I want to be a member here. Focus on yourself. They don't preach about this. Don't preach against that. Focus on yourself. But those who focus on themselves cannot be pleasing to God. So do you want to be pleasing God or you want to please yourself? Woo, I didn't know this message was going to turn out to be this way. That's one of my scriptures. I don't know if I can get to it tonight. <laughs> Amen. Press on into it. Press on out of my will. Well. It's always next week. Y'all think we ought to wait till next week? Press on in. How many want to go on? Okay, how many want to go home? It's okay. It's okay. It's okay to want to go home. Okay, okay. All right. Let, let, let me hurry then. I won't, we won't look at these places, but Matthew eleven twenty seven through 30. This is so, listen. This is, this is Jesus talking. Matthew eleven twenty seven through 30. Read in both living and message and then John eight nineteen. Both places. God wants us to know Him so much. He sent His Son to reveal the Father to us. He says, I've already given you so much revelation to get started. Yeah, but I want something new. Oh, just to, to, just get to, watch us walk with God. Just get to know God. Just walk with Jesus. That's what these scriptures are saying. I've sent my son to tell you already who I am. God desires, listen, God desires for us to know him. Married into one spirit. Knowing is eternal, is, is knowing, listen to this, knowing is entering, knowing is pressing in. He has come into us and we have entered into him a spiritual bonding. Now write this down. Because the religious church will call this consecration. But this is the definition of pressing in. Write this down. If you want to walk in the Spirit, this is the definition of consecration or to press in. The word consecration and press in means sell out. If I want to walk in the Spirit, I want to focus on God and I want to focus on the things of God, I've got to sell out. Now that's where people start getting off the boat. That's where people start saying, like I've been told, 
Why don't you just leave things like they are? We're all happy. This is why I can't leave things the way they are. I've always been sold out. My heart is not for sale. My call is not for sale. My desire is not for sale. My dedication is not for sale. Why don't we leave things the way they are? Because there's more. Then I'm gone. Love you. But I'm sold out. I'm sold out that there's more. And I can't quit pressing in to Him, His Word, and His work. Proverbs chapter 2 and 3, what is wisdom? Son, sell out. Sell out. Just sell out. But I'll have to give this up. Sell it out. Sell out. Give it up. But I have to quit seeing so-and-so sell out to me. I'll have to quit going to those type of places. Sell out. Are you sold out? Are you consecrated? Are you sold out? Is your focus on you or is your focus on me? Sold out. Let me give you this right quick. How do we sell out? Number one, write this down. Number one, I'll give you these as the closing. We'll close. Number one, how do I sell out? Number one, desire. If I'm going to sell out, if I'm going to be consecrated unto the Lord as a vessel, that, that, uh, a vessel of honor, and a vessel of glory to Him, I've I got to have the desire. Do you know that most people who got miracles in the days of Jesus were the people with desire? Open up the roof. Let's get them down. We desire. To see our friend walking. How, how about blind Bartimaeus? Shut up, blind man. No, you shut up. Jesus! Oh, it's too loud. Jesus! It's too loud. Jesus! He kept crying out the louder. Why? Desire. Oh, you're... Jesus didn't even answer the woman about her demon-possessed daughter. And then she says, but Jesus, my daughter, he says... It's for the children's bread. is for the children. She says, I just will take the crumbs because the dogs are even worthy of the crumbs. Desire. They kept following behind him. Desire. Three days, no food. Desire. Desire. The man, 38 years, laying by the pool. Nobody let me in. Desire. Desire. That's the type of desire that causes us to sell out I don't have time to go through it this week. Um, we may touch it, may not, but you can look this up for desire. James 4, 7 through 8. James 4, 7 through 8. And then this is an awesome scripture. 1 Corinthians 2, 14 through 16, especially in the message translation, talks about the desire of the heart. You can just write this down. The desire of the heart, 1 Corinthians 2, 14 through 16. Romans 7, 22 through 25, the desire of my mind. 2 Timothy 1, 5 through 7, the desire of my mind. Galatians 5, 16, the desire of my body. I got to sell out my heart. I got to sell out my mind. I got to sell out my body. I got to sell out my body. They that walk in the flesh please the flesh, and out of the flesh comes adultery, so all this other stuff. Lying, fornication, slander, and gossip, gluttony. I got to sell out my mind, my heart, and my body. I got to sell it out. Your body be crying out. You're tricking me. Oh, yeah, I'm tricking you. I'm hungry. You just stay hungry. You're going to learn discipline. My mind wants to meditate. Mind, you ain't going there. I'm going to turn that music as loud. I'm going to get me some earphones. And I'm going to play that worship as loud as I can. Because mind, you're not going there. Eyes, you're not going there. But I want to see eyes, you're not going there. Accountability, whatever it takes. Desire the heart, the mind, and the body. The second thing we need, and listen, when we start, you want to walk in the spirit is when the mind and the body and the heart, all three walk according to the word of God. That's when you're in the spirit, not in the flesh, all three areas. And that's what we're aiming for. We're not arrived yet. We're not arrived yet, but we're we're encouraging one another in word tonight. Amen. Okay. First of all, desire. Number two, decisions, how to sell out decisions. And there's my sister quoted my scripture, Deuteronomy 30, 19 through Choose you this day whom you will serve. A decision. 
James chapter 5, James chapter 1, 5 through 8, talks about if you lack wisdom, if you want wisdom, it goes on to talk about who we're going to serve or we're going to sell out. It's a decision. It's a decision. We're going to have to choose. Decision to please Him. And number three, write this down. Desire, decision, number three. This is it. I'll finish. And it's only 15 after. Number three, determination. 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 And listen, I believe this is an area we've got to get a hold of is the determination. A determination to reach what God's revealed to us or promised us. Abraham had to be determined to reach out and go where the word of God had told him to go. Not knowing where he was going, but he was looking for a city to make her who, who wasn't from this earth. But he kept on reaching out and he was determined, I'm going to have a child. My name is Abraham. Every time he said his name and he said his name was Sarah, he was saying, I'm determined. We're having a baby. We're having a baby. Mary, when the angel said, you're with child, and she never knew a man. How in the world can this be? But she was determined. What God spoke to me is going to come to pass in my life. So you've got to have the desire. You've got to have the dedication. And you've got to have the determination. You've got to have I mean, the decision and the determination that I'm going to walk and be governed in the spirit. And I'm making a decision. I'm going to receive what God has promised me. Amen. Amen. Desire, decision, and determination. Say that with me. Desire. Decision and determination is that that is how we sell out. Those are three areas we can sell out to God. Sold out. That, that's, that's some of the greatest revivals that's ever happened. People sold out to God. You got a car? No. I'm hitchhiking to church, but I'm getting to church. Sold out. Sold out. What you think is going to happen? I don't know, but I know I'm sold out. Amen. Sold out to God. I sold my body out. I've, I, I sold it. I'm a slave now. I sold my own body out. I'm a slave to the Lord Jesus Christ. My body. My body's not mine anymore. My body's to serve Him. I sold my mind out. I've sold my will out. My heart. My heart. My heart is His. My mind is His. My body's his. It's growing weaker as I focus on him. It's growing weaker as I focus on him. It's growing weaker as I focus on him. And then you get to the point of Jesus did. Not my will, but thine. Jesus was sold out just for us, just for the world. He sold out. Nothing to gain but a bunch of imperfect idiots. And he sold out for us. He sold out for us. Why we don't quit? Because if he could sell out for me, I could sell out for you. Keep praying, keep hoping, keep believing, keep standing. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Let's go ahead and stand up.